This morning, we're going to include uh, one of our faith and work interviews. And if you were here last season with us, you know that periodically, I think we had about three or four of them from last September to June. And uh, we wanted to just continue this periodically as well because many people have been encouraged to hear um, just from real people, ordinary people, in what it means to uh, integrate their faith in their work and life. And so today, what we're going to do is we have a focus. Last time we had a pharmaceutical focus, I think. Oh, the mic. Yes, thanks, guys. Uh, last week, yeah, go for it. We had a, last time we had a pharmaceutical um, focus. Today, we have, um, we have a teacher focus or an education focus. And so and I think it's a great weekend to explore faith and work because tomorrow's Labor Day. Woo-hoo. And uh, and a great and a great time <laughs> to explore um, you know the whole education system and so people there was this funny thing we found online that talks about why people become teachers and there's three words can you see it on the screen <laughs> yeah exactly I know you guys are offended by that sorry but we just thought we'd you know make something start off with some comedy and satire first and we'll just move forward well let's introduce uh, you guys so this is John Roberts. And um, maybe I'll introduce you guys quickly so you have more time to speak. So John Roberts, uh, he's a teacher at John Abbott College uh, here in the West Island. Matt Nardoza uh, is a math teacher and I guess teaches other things at Beaconsfield High as well. And Corral Fournette teaches in elementary school, but I'm not sure quite where. Um, Okay, cool. Well, welcome. Glad you guys are here. So is this mic working? We're sure we're on. Let's kind of turn this on and jump. Okay, it's on. It's on. So we're, why don't we just start off with this, and um, teaching is, is an important part of our whole life, and I'm sure you guys can identify a good teacher. Who can identify a good teacher in their life? I hope so, at least one. Who can identify a bad teacher in their life? <laughs> okay, see, it's, you know, we remember them both, right? Good and bad, and um, we're not going to grade you guys today on if you're good or bad teachers. <laughs> we trust you are. That's what rate my teachers for. Oh, okay, cool. Give us the website. We'll get everybody out there later. So, so why don't we start off this way just to help introduce this. Tell us why you became a teacher and why you love it, or if you love it. <laughs> you go for it. I love people. I guess that's uh, probably, if I, if I were to, to talk to most teachers, they are people, they're people people. They love people. So um, it's probably one of my... Um, the best things I love about teaching is that you get to be around a group of people, a staff, uh, your students. Uh, but why I became a teacher initially, uh, I saw both sides of teaching. Uh, my parents, both my parents were teachers, and I saw that. And of course, being a student, uh, so I, the lifestyle and the whole uh, profession uh, attracted me. Uh, June and July, of course, were uh, in August, were a big part of that too. Just joking, <laughs> partly joking, and um, and I love just to be uh, kind of my own boss. As soon as that door closes, um, you're the boss of you're the the, the leader of a pack of people, uh, and that's kind of a rush. Especially, I worked in the high school system as well, and dealing with that pack of uh, of of hungry adolescents uh, with all those hormones raging. That's, that's a rush. That's kind of an adrenaline rush. Cool. Thanks. Uh, similar to John, yeah, I, I love working with people. I, I couldn't see myself uh, sitting at a desk all day from 9 to 5 and just uh, crunching numbers. And 
dealing with people. I love how every day is different. Uh, teenagers are uh, unpredictable, so uh, <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get, but uh, it's a lot of fun. And I also grew up, uh, my father was a teacher, my uncle, my aunt, uh, my, it's in my family, and I saw how um, it's beneficial to raising a family because I have time to spend with my family uh, in, in the summer uh, and um, after school. Mm, awesome. Thanks, Matt. Along the same lines, I've always loved people. I've always loved really little kids or kids in general. Little um, people. Little people, yeah. I'm not so good with the raging adolescence. I'll leave that to you guys. <laughs> Um, and for me, it was also wanting to serve God. I remember my mom tells me I was like five, and I'm like, Mom, I want to be a teacher, and it never changed. Um, and I wanted to serve God and missions and everything else, and so at some point I was like, well, they need teachers everywhere. So, And I still love my job. I love being able to impact all those tiny little people. That's awesome. You can keep depending. Now, the next question is we can kind of move around a bit. I wish someone would have told my grade nine teacher that teaching was about people. I don't. I felt like... I had a rough grade French nine year, but whatever. But, but I had a good math teacher and economics teacher. They made me love teachers, so, so that was good. Um, work pressure is one of the main sources of stress for people, and maybe many of us can relate to that. So what, do you, is, what kind of pressures do you feel you guys face, and how do you manage that pressure? Corral, when you speak, just speak a little closer. Report cards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, as much as being a student, you have the pressure to hand in everything on time. Being a teacher, you have the pressure of correcting everything on time. Um, and I think from, or, or classroom management was, would also be a pressure when you have, you know, kids who have maybe behavioral issues that aren't exactly suitable for the classroom. But I think organization for me is a huge one. Like if you know where you're going, you know what the plan is to organize your time, organize, structure your classroom in such a way as that, you know, you're the boss, you're in control of the pack and not the other way around and of your paperwork and everything else too. So that for me, that'd be one big one. Okay. Anybody else? Kind of that whole idea around pressure? Uh, I think trying to find a balance between um, being like an authority figure and uh, earning the respect of your students. Like you got to find a good balance between that and... um, you have to manage your time wisely and, and wear different hats at different times. So at one moment, you could be managing a classroom behavior. The next moment, you got to be uh, getting through the curriculum. And then the next moment, you're acting as a type of psychologist. Like, it's, it's all mixed together. So you really, you, sometimes you feel that pressure. And you got to be able to distinguish which hat you got to put on. And So just a quick question, and you can answer others. Like, what happens when you go to one extreme or the other, like either too authoritative or too... Like trying to get respect from, from the students. So if you're, if you're too authoritative, then students tend to uh, not respect you and they'll, and they'll, they'll back off and not want not to kind of work for you. Whereas if, and then if you're the opposite, if you're too buddy-buddy with them, you're not really, um, they don't see you as an authority figure in the classroom. So you really got to find that balance, I feel. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What about you, John? You're in a different environment. Some of the stresses... The pressures of the college system are a little, little less than... I worked in the high school system for 12 years, and now I'm in the college system, are a little bit less. I find uh, the time constraints really... Uh, that's the pressure for me. You, you don't have a lot of time to impact students. And so you, I find you need to use your time uh, very uh, wisely 
in, um, in my job, so I, I don't see my students as that much. But I found in the high school system, time also was the issue because you have 30 students per class times four or five classes. You want to treat each student as an individual. You want to, you want to connect with them. And there's just not enough time. So that's the pressure I find. Probably as a pastor, too. You've got 200 people here. It's very similar. You want to connect with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm sure each of us, the time, just, there's not enough time. It's true. Yeah, I can imagine that. What, um, how do you guys, resol- what, do you, how, what do you do to resolve that? Uh, for me, I just try and make the most of, of all the interactions I have. Um, so, and and bringing, bringing your faith into kind of your lifestyle, into your conversations, um, that's how I look at, at interacting with my students. Mm, cool. So, what, so you just mentioned faith, and I think that's obviously a, a one area we want to get to. The scriptures call us to be salt and light. And I think that's regardless of what we do, uh, the job we have, the neighborhood we live in. And so how, like, how can you be, how do you envision yourselves being salt and light in that environment? Um, for me, it's dealing with really little children. Sometimes the behaviors are easily fixed, and I put quotation marks because you'd, you're not talking to the behavior, you're talking to a kid. So for me, it's to take the time and actually stop and talk to the child. You know, if a kid's misbehaving, instead of just putting him in a corner, or that's obvious, I actually never do that, but, you know, giving him a consequence, it's to stop and try to understand why is he or she doing that? You know, what's pushing them to, be that, to do that? And to show them that someone loves them, that they're cared for, and that, that there's actually someone out there that cares enough to take the time to be with that child in whatever they're going through. Even if it's just one bad day, that there's someone there. Because we don't know especially dealing with the public system, you don't know what's going on at home. Like, you don't know the stresses or the environment that they're in, what they just came home or came to school with as baggage. So to take that time and to be maybe that one person in their life that actually says, I care, you don't need to act this way to get to me, I'm listening whether or not you're screaming. You know, like, I'm there for you. And so for me, that's one way that my faith shows through. It's to stop and love those children individually as much Mm. as possible with the time constraints that John mentioned. Cool. So that's like that a sense of empathy, yeah. understanding, compassion. Yeah. Awesome. What, what, anybody else? How, how do you guys personally, yeah. Int- uh, similar, similar, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's no better place for a Christian to be in the workplace than in a school. The school impacts your community. It impacts your, your town, your city. Uh, everybody in this room, we share one thing in common. We all went to school. And to have a Christian influence in there, to have that salt and light interacting with the community is so important. And I encourage anybody looking for a career, uh, it's a great way to, um, to impact and to, well, for salt to work, it has to rub with the, the meat, right, to keep it from, from rotting. For, for light to, to uh, brighten up a spot, you, you don't want to brighten up a spot that's already bright, you want to bright, brighten up a dark spot. And so for a Christian to be in the community, uh, I teach 200 students every semester, 400 bodies I interact with as part of my job. These guys are the same. This is a chance to be um, that light of the world that Jesus talks about. And can, I'm sure there's restraints around, you know, you're not necessarily there. You can't necessarily, like, share your faith 
in a school classroom, in a secular school classroom anyways. So, so what does that look like knowing that you're not, you're not sharing verbally your faith? I'm assuming the school system wouldn't want you to share verbally your faith, so that's why I'm... Uh, I'll just speak for myself, and we're all working in the public system. I think sometimes we put restraints on ourselves to share our faith verbally with our, with our students, personally. Um, I think there's more freedom than we give ourselves credit for or, or liberties with. And, um, and my job isn't to stand there and preach to my students. Um, but the, the good teacher, uh, their lifestyle, uh, people just, they watch you. They see you play ball hockey at lunch with them. They see you on the weekends. They see you at the mall. They see the type of character you are. And that influences people. And that's, that's, they see how you deal with someone who's misbehaving in class. They see how you deal with certain situations and the respect. And, and there's something, di- at least I'd hope there's something different about a Christian teacher. Hmm, cool. Without actually preaching to them. But, but you're saying, you can pass it to Crow, but you're saying that there is, we sometimes perceive the restrained liberties. We're envisioning that more than they actually currently are. Okay. Good to hear. Um, I think one thing is that our roles are not limited to students. We interact with other teachers on a daily basis. Mm. Lunchtime, especially I'm a specialist is what they call so I teach English to the entire school. So I have all 300 students in the school, which means I interact with each teacher as well because we transition classes and all that stuff. And so at the lunchroom, when we're talking about our weekend plans or what we did in the weekend or you know, what our faith is, different subjects come up, like we have the liberty to speak because we're within adults. And so there's that opportunity to share our faith as well. And one thing that I started doing a few years ago was um, praying over the desks, over the classroom. So every time there's a school or a class transition, if I have the time or if I think about it, which I don't always, but I'll try to take a second and pray for the students. And even though it's not to them, even though they don't know what's going on, I've seen a real change in my attitude <laughs> towards them sometimes, especially if it's a more difficult class. And, you know, and their change, they're, they're affected by it too. So pray over the school, pray over the students, and mm. to have that, that awareness. That, cool. you know. I think too, like, I'm a firm believer in, in keeping in touch with students after uh, grade 11 in my case. So... Um, like, I'll add them on Facebook only after they graduate, and some of them see pictures or videos I'm posting of uh, my family, or, and, and um, a few of them have mentioned that they respect me for doing that, and they see how important family, or even if they ask if I, if I believe in God, I, I always share that I do, and, uh, and like Carell said too, other teachers ask, and uh, you can be open, Cool. Maybe yeah. for like you guys are in like high school and college because we have high school and college students at Westside. How have you seen some students genuinely be effective um, in their with their faith at school? How have you guys seen that? Maybe you guys have, you maybe have an example. John, you're nodding, but you know. <laughs> well, there's a guy sitting in the back row right there. Miles, he went to the school I worked at, and Miles actually was part of a a. Um, a little Christian group. He would bring his friends in, and we'd have a little, uh, just a little Bible study at lunch, just in in my classroom. So that was one of the ways where a Christian student is is just help living out his faith in the school. Okay, uh, that's just one comes to mind. 
cool. I've seen some high schools do the uh, Samaritan's Purse shoebox uh, drive, and, and there's different initiatives that students can take to, uh, to bring certain uh, events and uh, campaigns to their school. Awesome. I've seen that before. Well, that's cool. Thanks, because I want to just, maybe one question as we move into prayer. How can we pray for teachers? How can we pray for the schools? How can we pray for students, parents? Just maybe like a phrase, you know, one, one word or phrase answer, how we can do that. I think for teachers, just uh, I, I I notice a lot of teachers they can't find that balance between work and home life. So maybe pray for that. Uh, you, you see, like I guess in any profession, some families fall apart because of jobs or work or whatever. But the balance between the two, okay. that's yeah. I think wisdom for me is a big one. Um, and thinking a lot about with the kids with um, uh, intervention plans. I don't know what they're called in English, but um, you know, kids with. Uh, well, I'm thinking in French, I'm sorry, <laughs> with behavioral problems. So wisdom for the teachers, wisdom for the parents, wisdom for everyone who interacts with these kids, just to know how to reach them mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how to help them in their education. And, you know, wisdom for the communications between... So, yeah, wisdom for me is the big one. Awesome. You, John, any ways to pray? I made a list. All right. I'd like to have, well, when we pray for teachers, that the fruit of the, the Spirit really is allowed to flow and that's where we as a teacher the best teachers show love uh they're joyful they're peaceful they're patient they're kind they're good they're faithful and they're self-controlled like that is makes a great teacher and that's like that would be a great prayer to let the the spirit flow through uh teachers principals uh i i think that we should pray that that christ be part of the conversation in schools that that really if you look at you know, the solutions of, of, of our issues in society, hey, it's, it's pretty easy to point to Christ as the, the answer. Um, that teachers, uh, Christian teachers and administrators, stay free of controversy, you know, that, that can just, just be terrible for a career and for reputations and stuff and disputes, that they're wise, that uh, Carell said. And um, I think we should pay for parents, too, as they, they join in the the whole education system. Parents are very important, part of that triangle of a parent, the student, and the, um, and the teacher, uh, that they get involved and, and stay connected to their, mm-hmm. their son or daughter, to the school, and to the teacher, too. Awesome. Wow. Thanks so much, guys. We're going to take a moment. We're going to pray. And um, we want to pray for students as well. I, I would love, like, if there's any teachers uh, here today that you would stand. We also have, like, there's two Christian schools that are part of, like, I wouldn't say part of Westside, but people from the school are part of our church. And, you know, Emmanuel Christian School, Faith Academy uh, out in, um, in Vaudreuil. And there's other teachers here too. So I'd love for you guys to stand so we can be praying for you if you're a teacher. I know there's a couple of teachers here today. And you guys can stand too. And we'll, everyone else stay seated so we know who's standing <laughs> around teachers. And let's, uh, let's just be praying for, for uh, our schools and for what some, what some of the things that were here. So let's do that. Father, thank you. Thank you, first of all, just, you know, teachers in our church community um, that you've called to this vocation. Lord, we thank you for that because um, that's just a wonderful way that you use us to be your salt and light um, in our world. So thank you for that, God. And Lord, we we pray right now for our teachers and administrators here today. Um, 
we pray, God, for your wisdom, that as they call out for wisdom, that you would fill them with your wisdom. As they call out for the, for the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, God, that you would fill them with the fruit that comes from a relationship with you and the power of your Spirit. That, that you would give them what they need on a day-to-day basis to do what they do, to face the pressures they face, to serve these kids, to teach these students, to love them as well. God, we pray for that. God, we pray for parents and uh, their role in this. And even some parents uh, in our church that we know that maybe homeschool as well, their role in that. God, we pray for all parents that you would, you would just um, give them what they need to be a godly parent. Give them courage and confidence uh, in their role. And God, we pray for our students. Uh, there's students in every age bracket, in every kind of school environment in our church, and we lift them all up to you. We pray that your will would be done, your kingdom would come in their lives, in their hearts, uh, that you would guide them through this season of their lives, that you would also give them what they need. And God, that they would not, um, all of us, whether it's a parent, a teacher, a student, Lord, that, that we would not um, miss out on also the opportunity you give us to be salt and light in those environments. Um, We pray for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Um, Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Let's give these guys a hand.